Greetings, fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension, and welcome to the very first episode of Series 2 of The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. My name is Emma Foster, and I am joined, as always, by my colleague in my intergalactic travels, Mr. Michael Mould. How are you, sir? Hello. Um, how are you? Oh, very well. And today we are going to have a look at our top five Matt Smith episodes. Now we are mourning the loss of Mr. Matt Smith from our TV screens as the Doctor. <laughs> Sob, whale, gnash of teeth, rend of hair. Um, we decided to have a look at our favourite episodes and blimey, I had a hard time thinking of five. I don't know. I, I came up with five quite quickly, actually. So it, it was a case of well, I came up with I came up with the list, but then it was narrowing the list down mm. is what I found difficult. Yeah, because like me, there were so many that I was like, oh no, but I like this one. Oh, but I like this one as well. And yeah, it was difficult to <laughs> to narrow it down. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I those others that kept popping up into my mind, and I have to be honest, this list I've got is probably not. I wouldn't call it final. I mean, my number five is probably changeable depending on my mood. So absolutely, absolutely, I completely agree. Um, and also today, before we kick off, we've got some lists that have come from you, the listeners. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about our choice, and then we're going to take some lists from people who've responded to us on the Facebook and the Twitter page, and then we'll continue like that. So, right, but might want you kick us off with your number five. Okay, my number five. As I say, it, it this is pro- this is one I've just like slotted in because of my feelings at the time. Um, so if you could ask me like tomorrow and I'd probably have a different one but for this episode my number five comes from series seven and is dinosaurs on a spaceship oh fantastic (laughs) Uh, I I just thought this one was just it's just a nice little romp you know what I mean it's like it's not too heavy it's 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 a it's a bit of fluff really I mean you've got yeah you know Matt Smith obviously on top form you've got uh, Rupert Graves as uh the Hunter, you've got uh, Rianne Steele as Queen Nefertiti, and um, the First Doctor as the villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is slightly jarring to watch now that you've seen yeah. him in um, Adventure in Time and Space. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I couldn't, I can't disagree with that. I mean, um, I wrote about this that when when it was when they were first looking at shooting series seven and the episode titles were just coming out and one of them was dinosaur on the spaceship i was like what was it actually <laughs> called um but yeah I, I can't disagree with you there it's just it's a great romp and all the characters are brilliant and it's one of those episodes that because they've all been together a long time um this being karen gillen arthur darville matt smith that mm. um they just bounce off each other and it's brilliant. I particularly like in the episode that Amy sort of gets her own two companions in Nefertiti and um, the uh, Hunter fellow, whose name I can never remember. Uh, Riddell. Um, Riddell. Riddell, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but she sort of gets her own two sort of stupid question asking companions that she has to sort of drag <laughs> around by the nose through the uh, through the adventure. But yeah, and um, got to love the dinosaurs in it as well. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge sucker for dinosaurs. Dinosaur anything, I love it. So um, yeah, I... I really enjoyed the episode. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I had any sort of criticism of the episode, it's the the dinosaurs themselves are a bit sort of like, you know, stock. You know, you've got T-Rex, you've got raptors, you've got tranodons, but in, in the same vein, it's, you know, it's for the kids, so they're the dinosaurs you want to want. And, um, but I have yeah, to they, say... Mm. They are your top-level marquee dinosaurs, aren't oh, yeah. they? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do have to say, probably my favorite bit of the entire episode is when you have mark williams as rory's dad just sitting on the ledge of the tardis looking down on earth with a cup of tea and a sandwich 
Oh yeah, that is lovely. It's just brilliant. It's just I, I love it. I mean, you've got David Mitchell and Robert Webb as the voices of the the robots, and they're excellent uh, suits. Actually, I've forgotten about like the design. Yeah, the robots. They you know they're nice and sort of clunky. They're not too obviously blokes in suits like you have with the Cybermen occasionally. But um, yeah, I just I I can't I can't fault it. It's just it's just a nice little bit of fun. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of those, like, if I've got people around the house or, you know, just want to kind of, uh, uh, not knock a no-brainer episode, but, like, just a, just a nice kind of relaxing episode, that is the episode I would put on. Hmm. And um, uh, when we were at the uh, the big 50th anniversary convention, um, they had the the practical models of those dinosaurs. They had Tricy there mm-hmm. and the T-Rex. And, I mean, they, were, they let you go up and uh, sort of touch it and you know stick your head in its mouth and that sort of thing so yeah they were really good actually they're quite they're quite nice up close as well so yeah kudos to that one on the design episode but um all right then so should we move on to my number five and a bit like you um i think if i'd done this on a different day i might have put a different theme but i've put vincent at the doc vincent and the doctor at my number five ah good um Say it's pretty much the polar opposite to uh, dinosaurs on a spellship in that it's not fluffy and light. But I mean, in terms of like uh, emotional impact and just a brilliant kind of character study, um, Vincent the Doctor is is right up there. Um, uh, So remind me who played Vincent Van Gogh in the episode? Uh, It was uh, Tony Curran. Oh, he's. I would say Tony Curran is absolutely fabulous in the episode. Mm. Um, it's, for some reason, they've got the BBC in particular has got this knack of finding people to play <laughs> historical figures who look startlingly like the person in question. I mean, the fact that they can get one of Vincent's self-portraits and hold it up to the man's face next to him, <laughs> and you know, and they've got that little level of confidence in it that you know, it, it's just great. And it's you know, it's one of those things of you can't quite believe that. This is the sort of thing they're putting on at tea time. Mm. Whatever you think of the Crefaeus and all that, you know, his big gigantic budgie thing. Um, whatever you think of that monster effect and the story that goes around it. The fact that this is a really kind of doesn't shy away from depression and suicide and mental illness and all that. You know, you can't quite believe that they're putting this on at tea time on mm-hmm. a Saturday. Um, but yeah, I, I would defy anyone who watches that last bit with Bill Nye as the um, the museum curator talking about his passion for Van Gogh's work mm. um, in, while the man's in earshot and just that, that whole thing of the camera rotating around him, it's just brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so getting to our listener lists, I've uh, got uh, one from Shane Thomas here on Twitter and he says, number three, a good man goes to war. Uh, right. Number two, the 11th hour. And number one, the lodger, which I am. That, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Say, so, I mean, I think um, we should maybe twist Shane's arm about why he put uh, the lodger down as his favourite. But mm. um, say so at the time, I mean, it it was really like got raked over the coals. I think the lodger, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's not a. It's not a bad episode. Absolutely uh, not. No. I, I think it took a lot of heat because of. Um, of uh, James Corden's involvement in it, a mm. lot of I seem to remember there's a lot of people going, "James Corden, why are they casting him?" Yeah. So you know. 
Okay, so from the Facebook uh, page, um, I've got a list here from Deepa Mantravadi. I'm so sorry if I pronounced your surname wrong. Um, <laughs> in at three, uh, Amy's Choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, the girl who waited, and number one, the doctor's wife. And um, spoiler alert: not the first, last time we're going to see that title on the episode <laughs> list. <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay, so um, Emma, what's your number four? Number four for me, it's the power of three. Um, in the same way that dinosaurs and the spaceship is just like, you know, a really sort of fun romp, and mile a minute, the power of three is like that. I think it's probably my favourite episode from the mini, the uh, mini um, series we had with uh, the five episodes leading up to the departure of the ponds, mm-hmm. and this was kind of like their last hurrah um, kind of snappy dialogue, fun episode. Uh, Kate Lethbridge Stewart makes her first appearance in this. Um, it's just there's so many fun little things in it as well, like Roy's dad's observation of the cubes. <laughs> And, you know, when they all activate and there's the one that plays the birdie song that they keep <laughs> locked in that soundproof cupboard. And, you know, it, it just, it, it sort of, it veers right up to the edge of farce and kind of over the top. And it's kind of one of those things, again, that I think if you're sort of looking at it dispassionately, the the ending with sort of could let it down a bit. It's a little bit kind of ordinary and doesn't really live up to the rest of the episode. But if you just want funny lines quotable lines just it, it's just fun episode and um yeah i absolutely love it yeah the only reason it didn't make my list was because of the ending i think i think it would have been perfectly fine by itself if they hadn't explained where the cubes came from i yeah. think it would have been more interesting if they they just like turned up one day and then you know i don't know not necessarily like disappeared but the the whole thing with like the Gallifrey and boogeyman and what have you it's just I, I don't know it's like it's a bit too much almost you know you you sort of almost want like you say the cues may just be a thing that ga- they just gather information about the planet and then they just disappear and mm. you can sort of make it just about the characters and it's it I think you know they felt like maybe they were going to go that way and they thought well, now we've got to have a baddie in it it's just a bit too fluffy otherwise and mm. yeah I'll say I can't disagree with you about the ending but I think literally the 40 minutes which run up to that it's worth it for that for me so oh yeah yeah um so my number four is the doctor's wife oh okay yeah um now as i, as I say my list is very changeable so <laughs> you could ask me this on like thursday and i'd probably have it higher but it's just i mean what can you say it's neil gaiman right and absolutely it's it's I mean, we, we've gushed and gushed about this episode before. I mean, mm. see our previous episodes for this, but yeah, it's it's purely brilliant from beginning to end, in my mm. opinion. Yeah, and I mean, Michael Sheen is the voice of House. Oh, yeah. that's, that's pretty damn creepy. Yeah, and he's he's great. I mean, even mm. just doing the voice acting stuff is brilliant. And but I mean, Saran Jones, oh. so so good, just beginning to end. Mm-hmm. fabulous i mean i don't even know where you would begin of be like right saran what we'd like you to do is personify a 900 year old time machine please that exists through all <laughs> time and space at all time so if you could just you know go with that i don't even know where you would begin but somehow she sort of made it amazing yeah it, it's it's kind of it's the sort of thing like if this was tim burton that would totally be helena bottom carter oh god it would be helena bottom carter yeah i mean that's i, I kind of get the feeling that she's that's that was partially her inspiration for like 
both Idris and like the TARDIS. Mm, yeah. yeah, I can't. I mean, I I think you're probably right there, and you know, it's it, it's just it's kind of it could have gone so wrong. It could have been just been so fan wank and you know over the top and stupid. Uh, yeah, but it it just every bit of it works and it's fantastic. Mm. So getting back to the fan list, um, Mary says number three, victory of the Daleks, um, to the Doctor's wife, and number one to the day of the Doctor. Okay, um, I've got a list from Matt Zupka. Um, so number three, let's kill Hitler. <laughs> number two, the girl who waited. Yeah. And number one, day of the Doctor again. So we've got another number one for day of the Doctor. Yeah. Um, I, I've noticed, like, like looking over the um, the list I've got from Twitter that. Um, this is not the only time you'll hear Victory of the Daleks, which is Yeah, interesting. interesting. Again, um, I sort of got a bit of a, again, it got kind of a critical slap in when it when it went out, as I recall. Mm. Um, it was, I mean, but again, it's one of those ones I look back on and it's kind of, it's kind of worth it for the Daleks going, would you like some tea and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing, you know, it's, it is a fun episode. Yeah, I, I, I like it a hell of a lot. I mean, if, I can't even sort of like, fault the new paradigm daleks because i mean no I, I think with the design i think they look fine from the front i like mm-hmm. that they're bigger um having stood next to dalek props and things i mean they are smaller than you think they are mm-hmm. and when you see the new paradigm i mean they were sort of my other half's height and he's six foot so you want kind of a more tanky looking thing yeah. and i don't mind the different colors because that is an unprecedented and i like that they've got different roles but mm-hmm. the only thing is is when you see them through the back and they've kind of got like that hump yeah that's kind of, i want kind of more of a sl- if it was more sleek down the back i'd like him a lot more but that sort of big humpy back thing i'm not a big fan of i must say <laughs> going off on a bit of a tangent do you do you slightly get the feeling that Moffat's trying to sort of like undo the new paradigm a bit? Because yeah, because how how little they were featured in mm, um, Asylum. Asylum. Yeah, I feel like we're not going to see much more of the paradigm. Um, I can see it being like an offshoot, like mm. you know the Imperial Daleks and all this sort of thing. It's um, um, I can see them just sort of being a, a one and done kind of novelty. Yeah. Oh, that actually would be good, actually. I think um, it would be nice to see, like, the new paradigm versus, like, the old guard, like, the old RTD guard. Like, yeah, that would be interesting if they wanted to go down that road, yeah. I get the feeling that the RTD Daleks are now sort of like, being used as sort of, like, sort of cannon fodder, if that if that makes sense, like, just, like, disposable. Yeah, they're the blow-up ones. Yeah. yeah the ones that are being rigged to blow up and come apart and, you know, be kind of trashed and stuff. I mean, I don't really know how many they've got, but, I mean... Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, but as well, the thing is, I know that they made the Paradigm Daleks bigger mm-hmm. because when they cast uh, Karen Gillan, mm-hmm. Karen Gillan is quite a tall lady. Yeah. I mean, I think she's like 5'11", sort of coming up six foot tight, whereas Billy Piper mm-hmm. and everyone else was sort of my height, sort of the five foot threes, five foot fours. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to make a Dalek that kind of could go eye to eye with them. Yeah rather than being kind of titchy and looked down on. It's just obviously they brought more into the the kind of the colours and stuff. So Yeah, I I'd heard it it was they were the new paradigm was designed to reflect Matt Smith's height. Yeah. Which makes it, which yeah. would make sense because obviously who's gonna face them most than the doctor himself. Oh absolutely. But um so there you go, there's a thing for your collectors. Go out and get your paradigm Dalek models because um <laughs> get your paradigms. See... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two for a pound. Absolutely. So go out and get them now while they're um before they disappear forever. <laughs> okay. 
So, uh, my number three, and it's already been mentioned, Vincent and the Doctor. Okay, great. I mean, I, mean I, 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 I don't really know if I can add anything more to what you just said. I thought it was amazingly adult of them to um, tackle, you know, the, 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 you know, manic depression and and what have you and it's it's such like a, a i don't want to i don't know if, if good's the right word that uh way that the doctor sums up how like vince fit like at the end where after they've brought him forward in time to see how, how much of an impact they sent they put him back and he still ends up killing himself and the doctor says you know the the good things can't remove the pain of the bad things but the bad things can't spoil the good things and when they think they added a whole bunch of good to his life. I mean, I just thought that was uh, that's sort of incredibly apt, you yeah. know. I um, say it's, it's incredibly lovely, and mm. I mean, it's it's something that I've actually thought of in you know in day to day life when things are maybe not going so well for me, or you know <laughs> things are good and things like that. It's mm. it's a, it's a quote that sticks with you. I know it sounds cheesy to say, but it's it's kind of one of those things that you can't think of a way to express it more nicely or more succinctly than that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so my number three, Amy's Choice. Mm. I absolutely adore this episode. Um, I'm I'm a person who's really into kind of like my alternative views and alternative futures. And mm-hmm. funnily enough, Doctor Who doesn't do a massive amount of that. It you would think, know, does it? No, really. I mean, no, for a time travel show, you think it would do it all the time, but mm. it it doesn't always, it doesn't really want to beat that horse to death. Cause I mean, I think it'd be super easy to, to be doing it all the time. But um, no, this, this kind of, this kind of alternative views that, mm-hmm. you know, this, and this way of expressing the dark side of the doctor's personality and the dream Lord. Um, it was so interesting. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I mean, Toby Jones absolutely killed it as the, the dream Lord. It was yeah. such a creepy sort of, just like I mean, when you you know like how what what his origins are, it it makes total sense though. Like the way he talks, the way he's so dismissive of things, is just is dripping is dripping sarcasm and sort of disdain. Yeah, it, uh, I say I think the humor in it is so black as well. Mm. It's it's really I mean some bits of it are so funny. I mean, but you know it's kind of one of those things of like you're laughing with like oh you know kind yeah. of the bit where the doctor says what do you do around here to stave off the self harm and things like that. <laughs> it makes me howl every time I hear it. But it is you know it's one of those things. It's it's I mean again sort of going touch on that Vince the doctor thing. Mm. You're surprised that they get away with it actually when you sort of take a step back from it and you can go oh really mm-hmm. that's a line that could easily sort of just step over that mark but um yeah yeah i mean sort of even the silly things where the tardis is beginning to freeze and mm-hmm. um amy makes them ponchos out the blankets you know and calls poncho them all boys. poncho boys yeah and all this sort of thing you know it's 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 kind of those thing it's, it sort of could go way too far over the other edge and it's kind of it it, it ends in a really nice ambiguous way of like mm-hmm. how much of it was hallucination how much of it was really in the doctor and all this sort of thing and mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a fabulous episode yeah Okay, so getting back to Twitter, we've got from Simon Applin, who have uh, Take It or Leave It on World 1 Stage 1, both available on the Simply Syndicated 21st Century Media Network. There you go, nice plug, I think. Uh, number three, Victory of the Daleks. Uh, number two, The Girl Who Waited. And number one, The God Complex. Ah, again, not the last we'll see of that one. Um, <laughs> 
from uh, from the game for the Facebook page. I've got one from Casey Marsh, he of the late lamented uh, "Here Goes Nothing" podcast. We've got a uh, good man goes to war in at number three, mm-hmm. uh, Day of the Doctor at number two, and the Doctor's wife at number one. Yep, I'm definitely seeing some patterns going on. Patterns here. emerging, yeah. absolutely. So, Emma, what's your number two? Eleventh hour. Um, this is an episode which it's just considering what it had to do mm-hmm. in terms of introducing a new doctor, new companions, a whole new setup. It just it comes in, it hits the ground running, it just doesn't stop. It's just forty minutes of just pure action. It's funny, it's scary, it's kind of everything I want in a Doctor episode. It's mm-hmm. just fab um and it's got special memories for me as well because i saw the premiere of this in a pub with like a huge pub with 800 other fans like Mm. cheering and hollering through it and it was it was so much fun and it's an episode that i've watched oh it's got to be half a dozen times Mm. and just i always i sort of enjoy it and get something new out of it every time i watch it like there's a little bit of dialogue i missed before or Mm. something that's going on in the background i didn't quite get you know and um yeah, it's just an enjoyable bit of adventure. Just forty minutes of like pure octane, pedal to the metal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is the day of the Doctor. Ah, um, now I I don't know. I kind of it's it's strange this one because I mean it's not all Matt Smith. Obviously David Tennant in it, John Hurt in it, but I think they managed to get like the balance just right because yeah. I think there was there was a, definitely a few moments where David Tennant very came came very close to, to like overshadowing Matt Smith as mm-hmm. we I don't know maybe we sort of quietly feared he would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, um, some, we, again, that we discussed sort of in the in the run up, and I, we were I think everyone was kind of going mm, waiting for him to kind of mm-hmm. <clears throat> bust in and steal the show. But yeah, it was it was uh, it worked really well. Yeah, but I mean, it's it. I, I mean, really, you you just need to just go listen to our commentary on it, and it's just it's. I mean, what can you say? I mean, you've you've got all thirteen doctors flying in to save Gallifrey. It's it's just it's it was just amazing. Yeah, and it's what we all wanted for the fiftieth. Mm. I mean, even though we didn't quite know it at the time, it was one of those uh, one of those things that um, it could have like as something that we keep saying through this episode. It could have gone so wrong, but mm. it went so right. Yeah. Okay, um, back to Twitter. Um, Blurring Jez says, number three, A Good Man Goes to War. Uh, number two, Night Terrors. And number one, which really caught me by surprise, uh, Day of the Moon. On the Twitter, said, uh, the one where they use the tally marks to count the silence. Um, yeah. Basically, the list of um, the memorable bits that freak the kids out. <laughs> yeah, she, she um, her kids are... Um... Uh, a sort of getting into the show and like mm. when she tweeted me before saying oh you know the kids would love to pick your brains about this this and this and yeah it's um i think day of the moon is kind of an interesting it's a really interesting choice i mean i mm. nearly picked um uh the impossible astronaut mm. on my list um because again it's kind of it's one of those great series premiere kind of episodes mm-hmm. that it's just action all the way through and it's interesting that they kicked off that series with a two parter it was it was really it really set a lot of stuff up so mm-hmm. you know it's interesting to pick the second episode of a two parter yeah yeah, um, I mean, I liked Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon. Um, oh, oh yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, all, all the stuff in the Oval Office. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the nose, the legs, and Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, all all the stuff 
at Lake Silencio at the beginning. So like when you when you didn't really have like an idea of what what was what, and you saw like see the doctor die, and then obviously they they really die. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, because again, it was one an episode that I watched with a bunch of people just at home, mm-hmm. and just the, the people of going what you yeah. know, kind of all the way through. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, so the last one from the Facebook page I've got from Greg Blanchard, who does the uh, Inappropriate Conversations podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, the oh no, I think I'll do this one around uh, the Beast Below. Number three, interesting. Yep. Uh, first time for that one, Vincent the Doctor at two, mm-hmm. and the God Complex in number one. Yeah. Uh, considering um, the contents of that episode, I'm not surprised that made it number yeah. one for Greg. So. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I, I can't like sort of fault anybody's lists here. No, absolutely not. I mean, because it comes down to personal taste, <laughs> like abs- absolutely, and uh, that's the thing with Doctor Who in that. It it's as it's for everybody. You're going to get episodes that completely rub you up the wrong way, and episodes mm-hmm. that you absolutely love. Yeah. Um, and I think the the diversity of the list that we've seen absolutely reflects that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm not criticising anyone's list. So no. <laughs> um, it, it, I was actually quite surprised the amount of variety we got. I was really thought it was going to be like, um, you know, Day of the Doctor, Doctor's Wife, every mm-hmm. single one. So yeah. So I, th- I think I can guess what your number one is. Yeah, it's the doctor's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody go home. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, my number one uh, is the eleventh hour. <laughs> okay. Oh God, we're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I kind of wish we'd see more of these sort of opening episodes for a new Doctor, where you know, I mean. Yeah, don't get me wrong, Christmas Invasion was a good start for David Tennant, but when you consider a lot of the time the Tenth Doctor was unconscious. Yeah, absolutely. You, um you, you kind of like wanna you wanna see the new man in action. And yeah. I think Eleventh Hour is just absolutely not because the Doctor just doesn't have the chance to stop. I mean, okay, yeah, he has it takes a moment to have some fish fingers and custard, but after all that, I mean there's there's no like there's very little post regeneration trauma. He doesn't need like the zero room or anything to recuperate. He's he's pretty much He's up and at him. Yeah, he's like he's pretty much way. got his all his marbles together. And I, I don't know why this is probably my favourite bit of Matt Smith's tenure, but the whole what did I see bit. Yeah. When they have like all like the still frames like and it goes around everything it's it's sort of like it, it's it's kind of strikes me as a bit of like almost prototype sherlock do you know what i mean yeah absolutely i think i think there's probably um a lot of ground to cover in the doctor who sherlock comparison off mm. um but yeah it's it it's 100 percent sherlock it's yeah. it's doing the kind of the data mind palace thing that sherlock does in in the modern updating of it um but yeah i i say i think it's a kind of it's almost a unique thing with matt smith in that he's from top to bottom the the opening episode of every season i think has been absolutely brilliant Mm. like one hasn't gone a bit and fallen flat i've i've enjoyed them 
it's, it's, it's unusual that when you're watching a TV show, any TV show, not necessarily Doctor Who, that your very favourite episode is the pilot or the first episode of the season because they're yeah. getting back into it and you know it's set, it's a lot of setup or it's it's sort of a lot of just re-establishing the characters of people who are just coming into it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Moffat's decision, especially with Impossible Astronaut Day of the Moon, to really just, you know, go, you know who these people are already. Mm-hmm. Let's just start telling the story. And, you know, it's it, it's it's a really interesting approach. And I think it's something that really works. Yeah. Ah, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, that uh, went a bit quicker than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> But you know, I mean, what what can you say? I mean, I, you know, maybe I mean, we should have done ten. <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I, hang on a minute. Um, so let's let's have a quick before we wrap up. Was mm-hmm. there any what episodes were kind of bubbling under? Your sort of ten to six, if you like. Not not necessarily in that order, but like a few any episodes that you. I know that your list is very like on the day kind of thing. But what are your mm-hmm. main episodes that are kind of bubbling under? Um. Phew. Just I'm trying to go off the top of my head. Uh, probably yep. Hyde would have been one of them. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would say. Um, am I actually like say Christmas Carol? Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. Uh, oh gosh. Um, I say with me, um, I definitely think uh, Bells of St John came very close to getting on the list. Yeah, um, I think that, that, that that's that's a bit of an underrated one. I think. Yeah, um, Asylum of the Daleks. Mm. Yeah, came, was was perilously close to being number five for me. Um, yep, yeah, like you, Hyde. I absolutely loved Hyde. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't again? It was kind of didn't seem to quite. It seemed to rub some people up the wrong way. Hyde. I'm not quite sure what it was about it. Hmm. Um, but I liked that it was kind of that reveal that the whole the whole reason the Doctor went there was to try and get you know the try and get the scoop on what was up with Clara, which is. Uh, mm saying that i liked with that um let's think what else was was close uh yeah impossible astronaut was mm-hmm. really close and again it's all these opening episodes yeah that really really sort of stick out in the mind so mm-hmm. um i probably would have put a victory on the a victory of the daleks on as well um because i mean it's it's like I say, it's just like a fun romp. I mean, when you've got yeah. sp- Spitfires <laughs> in, space. in space with the pew pew lasers. Um, oh gosh, do you know what? I, I've kind of struggled to like. If if you had to like, if you put a gun to my head and like ask me to name my favorite two parter, I would I would struggle a bit because they're all play pretty good. But I'd have to maybe give an honorable mention to Pantarica opens and the Big Bang. Yeah, um, I say I think the Big. Bang! It kind of gets a little bit flabby, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, the premise itself it is great, and um, the whole thing with that Cyberman with the head that pops open in front and you know ejects the skull <laughs> onto AB. I mean, that is that made me hoot. Uh, mm. I did enjoy that, and it's something that I always enjoy. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's it's, 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 it's I say it's, it's it's kind of this thing of that Moffat wanted to move away from the two parters and. Mm-hmm. I can see why because historically they've sort of been the ones in the middle of the series and they kind of you know they fall off towards the second half and then um, generally they're kind of the episodes which um, are the lowest rated as well mm. um, but uh, yeah I say I think although I don't fault him moving away from them the generally speaking the episodes that they've done as two parters have come out really well mm-hmm. maybe except in Hungry Earth Cold Blood I think that 
yeah. that didn't work as well as it could have done. Mm. Uh, it, you know, for a lot of reasons, I think maybe we should go into another time. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'll say that it was, like I said right at the top of this show, it was it was a struggle to kind of narrow the list down. And um, yeah, there are kind of a lot of ones which are just as good as the episodes I picked, mm-hmm. but just on the day didn't quite make the list. Yeah, but not Nightmare in Silver. Uh, no, not Nightmare in Silver, no. Fuck that episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sigh. Uh, right, well... Um, <laughs> I'm still... So, I'm sorry, I'm completely flummoxed by the fact we got through this so quickly. Yeah, I, I did think that maybe we'd go a bit longer than this, but I think it's just because, obviously, we've talked about these episodes so extensively. Mm. It's sort of like we don't want to just say every single thing we said before, so I uh, don't yeah. want to ask they are welcome. Yeah. So, um, one area we've been a little bit lax in is uh, plugging some of the other shows on the single syndicated 21st Century Media Network. Um, Absolutely. It's like, how much faster can you say that every time you say it, Mike? <laughs> 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 hey, I could get a job on the radio doing those um, post, post-advert blurbs. Credit might be repaid within... <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. I think it's just because I'm 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 trying so hard not to trip over my own words. It's the 21st century media network. It's a blah, 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 you know, it's a kind of rhythm. I feel like we should have some master and none like sound effects, like the lasers and the explosions in the background. You know, when they talk about the radio stuff. Um, yeah, so let's plug some shows. Um, the greatest events in sport history have just started on their rounded up of the events of 2013. So. Mm-hmm. Go and check that out with Shane and uh, JBW. Yep, um, Atomic Trivia War 9000, where I first got involved with Simply Syndicated. And um, also have have to take a moment to give Jason Hawk some shout-outs, because uh, his lovely wife popped out a couple of babies today. Welcome to Planet Earth, Max, and um, the other one. Let <laughs> 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 so the names quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. Um, shit. Um... <laughs> Oh God! Where is it? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll. Uh... You look. You looking? Are you? Yeah, I'm looking. Okay. Yeah, because I noticed on the picture that posted the babies had A and B on their hats. <laughs> oh, oh, I think you missed a trick. Missed a trick there. It should have been thing one and thing two. Thing one and thing two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cameron Page, Max William, and Cameron Cameron Page Hawk. Bless Welcome them. to Planet Earth, babies. You have no idea what they're in for. Enjoy your stay. <laughs> Try the fish. <laughs> um. Uh, oh, yes, who else? Uh, Starbase 66. Yes. Starbase we've got 66. Our glo- one of our glorious benefactors, the Admiral, mm-hmm. Rick, um, for letting us come and gab on his show yeah. and maybe thinking that we could do this as a it's going-going concern. So <laughs> salute to you, Admiral, and the rest of your crew. Yeah, I feel sorry for the poor bastard I said it that, though, you know. Yeah, poor yeah. guy. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, Remote Patrol and Remastered, starring uh, Richard Smith and Jason Hawke, two fine, fine... Uh, Upstanding humans. Yes. Uh, nerd hurdles. Where they hurdle nerds. Yes. Uh, the Pollyanna Calgary Records podcast. Uh, who... Everyone knows that mixtapes mean I love you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, and um, we wish we to give a bit of a shout out to uh, Rick's new show, White Star Five. Absolutely. Um, about a show that I've watched two episodes of, but <laughs> I should get round to one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> so. Folks, if you wanted to chime in with your own list, you can still do so. You can email us at uh, greatestshow at com, or you could uh, tweet us at greatestshowpod. And Emma, you in the Facebook page? 
I do. You can head on over to facebook.com, put in the little search uh, window, Greatest Show Podcast, and that should bring us up. Absolutely. And thanks ever so much to all the people who were so kind enough to write in and uh, share their list with us. We yeah. appreciate it. So I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>